The Bottom Line in Business Talk. Voice America Business. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. We don't have one in here. All right. This is Jordan Goodman on the Money Answer Show. Welcome. Uh, this is uh, my guest this half hour is Bob Burke, who is a long-term care insurance professional at Long Term Care Quote in uh, Gilbert, Arizona. Welcome to the show, Bob. Uh, thank you, Jordan. Thank you for uh, inviting me. Let's talk a little bit about long-term care insurance and what it is, and kind of give a basic idea of what people might look for in, in uh, buying long-term care insurance. Let's start with, with the basics. Right. Uh, what actually does long-term care insurance cover? Long-term care insurance covers the cost of nursing homes, assisted living facilities, uh, receiving home care in your own home, or adult daycare, basically when a person's unable to take care of themselves. Uh, to qualify if you need assistance on like two out of six activities of daily living, like being able to bathe yourself, feed yourself, uh, things like that, or if you're diagnosed with a cognitive impairment such as uh, Alzheimer's dementia. Uh, it helps pay for the cost of that type of care. Now, most people would think that these uh, kinds of cares would be already covered by, uh, let's take them one at a time, uh, Medicare, for example. Why wouldn't Medicare cover these costs? Well, what Medicare says they will do, uh, Medicare says that if you spend at least 72 hours in a hospital and the doctor releases you to a nursing home, which is very common uh, after a stroke, then Medicare will pay 100% of the first 20 days, and then they will pick up a portion of the following 80 days. What they will pick up those next 80 days uh, in this year is anything over and above $123 a day. Now, depending on the Medicare supplement policy a person might have, it may or may not pick up the balance of that 80 days. But other than that, if you just uh, start off needing care at home because of dementia or something like that, Medicare does not pay for any of that. They will pay the medical expense portions, such as rehabilitative services, like um, speech therapy, occupational therapy, and things like that. But they're not going to pay any money to um, um, help people get out of bed, get them bathed, get them dressed, and so forth. Do you think people have a uh, common perception that Medicare will pay for these long-term care benefits? Uh, yes, they do. Yeah, more and more people that I talk to think that Medicare is going to take care of everything, and unfortunately it doesn't. Is this a change? Has Medicare ever taken care of these things, or is it something that uh, is a recent change? No, this is, uh, as far as I know, this has been the way it has been since uh, Medicare was introduced. Uh, now, haven't there been some rules relating to Medicare recently making it more difficult. I guess that's more Medicaid, right? Medicaid, yeah. Yeah. So, so let's talk about Medicaid. Now, people think, well, I'll, I'll certainly be able to get Medicaid, and that'll qualify uh, for uh, you know long-term care benefits, and I can stay in a nursing home basically on the public role that way. And what is the the problem with uh, qualifying for Medicaid? Well, Medicaid was designed for those people uh, who could not take care of themselves. What had happened in the past there was a uh, three-year look back on transfer of assets where people, if they transferred their assets and didn't apply for Medicaid for three years, they might qualify for Medicaid. But it was never designed to be uh, a policy for the middle class or the rich to hide all their assets. Again, it was designed you know, to help those that need assistance. Um, 
Last year, uh, during the Debt Reduction Act of 2005, um, they changed the law on that, where now there's a five-year look back on transfer of assets. So, again, Medicaid, yeah, they will pay for it once you are totally broke. Explain the look back of assets. That's a concept that not everybody might understand. Yes. The, um, the way it is, is if you transfer assets and there's... And it, let me first say that I'm certainly not an elder attorney, um, and they have ways of setting up trusts and, and hiding assets uh, so people can uh, show the uh, the state that they live in that they they're indigent. They they don't have any uh, any real money to pay for this type of care. So you know that's what the uh, idea on that is. Uh, and at the same time, most people that I talk with that even think of the concept of transferring assets into a trust and hiding those funds, they don't like the idea of having to qualify for a Medicaid facility. They would really rather take care of it on their own and have a choice of places where they could go. So if you do qualify for Medicaid, they then set the rules as to uh, what kind of a, uh, services you can get and where you go and so on. Is that right? The facilities, yes, absolutely. It has to be a Medicaid-approved facility in order for Medicaid to pay for it. And often those would not be the, the most ideal locations, right? That is correct. Yeah. So that's Medicaid and Medicare. And then Social Security. People think that maybe Social Security uh, retirement benefits or uh, disability benefits would pay for this. Is that a misconception, too? Absolutely. Uh, Medicaid, uh, once you're retired, um, you know, they will pay for the, uh, send you a monthly check for his retirement income. Uh, prior to age 65, if you're, uh, you know, disability, of course, would pay a monthly income for you to spend to help take care of yourself, just like the retirement portion. How you spend that money is up to you. And, of course, if you are in need of long-term care, be it home care, assisted living, or nursing home, you know, they would expect you to pay that money first uh, and then use assets before even Medicaid would consider uh, paying for anything. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I guess people think of is health insurance, that if you have a long-term health need that, Health insurance would pick up these costs. What are health insurance thinking of all this? Uh, health insurance is pretty much like Medicaid. It'll cover some short term, uh, again, maybe up to 100 days, but in, you know it does not pay for long term care. It'll pay again the rehabilitative type services, um, but not just to pay for someone to come and uh, cook your meals and get you bathed and out of bed. Mm -hmm. So overall, it, 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 just tell me about people's perception of. They don't need long-term care insurance because all these things are being taken care of by these other things. You probably run into that all the time. We do. We uh, absolutely do. And, you know, and a lot of people, and we tell people, you know, if um, your assets are less than one hundred, one hundred fifty, two hundred thousand dollars, you know, probably you would be better off, you know, just spending down and qualifying for Medicaid. But even those people, and we talk to a lot of them, they don't want to have to qualify for Medicaid. They want to have a choice of a facility that they may end up having to use um, as opposed to Medicaid telling them where they're going to go. So what's happening today to a lot of people who are reaching these ages where they need long-term care um, and they have not bought long-term care insurance uh, and, and they you know, can't qualify for Medicaid because of the new rules we talked about? What, what is happening with these people? Well, they're, uh, you know, when they call us, we certainly try to help them, you know, find a, a top-rated company that's offering long-term care insurance at a reasonable price. Uh, reasonable prices are, are things of the past, almost, in long-term care insurance because they are very expensive. Uh, but one thing 
we have found over the years that when most people look to buy long-term care insurance, they want to cover 100% of the cost, uh, daily benefit in their area for the longest possible time. But what they do is they, when they find out what the price of those policies are, the majority end up doing nothing. We talk to people a lot about partially insuring. Think about, you know, getting a policy that maybe covers half, three-quarters of the cost of care, knowing it won't cover it all, but it helps keep their premiums down. And, and people have been very, very receptive to that. Let's give people a rough idea uh, of, of what the cost might be, uh, and then we're going to go later through, through the different pieces. But say, I, just, I, mean, I don't need to quote specific prices, but say you had uh, a 50-year-old in decent health, uh, you know, without any major health concerns, right. um, and they wanted to get, uh, you know, kind of the, the Cadillac program with the lifetime coverage and inflation adjustments and so on. Roughly, how much that might that be per year these days? Well, the, the biggest change in the industry here, oh, probably three, four years ago, was the pricing of unlimited lifetime benefit plans. The most companies raised the cost on those uh, up 30, 40, 50 percent. Um, and so, what we're happening? If you're looking at a 50 year old buying, let's say, $150 a day to leave benefit, unlimited, in good health, uh, you're still probably talking 1500 to $2,000 a year premium. Uh, when you get to age 60, you'd be probably uh, looking close to a $3,000 premium range a year, and at age 70 and above, over 4000 for a Cadillac plan. Yeah. Now, a lot of people, I guess, when they look at that, they say, well, I'd rather take that two to $4,000 and invest it and... Uh, you know, have the money, the earnings of that pay for whatever health care costs there are. Is that something you hear a lot? Uh, we do, and, and a lot of people, you know, when they look at the cost of the policy and see that, um, you know, that, that is one choice that they have. But we have found when you look at a, a spreadsheet on long-term care insurance, you know, if you have a policy with inflation built in and the uh, daily benefit grows over the years, we have found that, most people one year in a nursing home will pay back more than all the premiums they had paid in up until that time. Most of them about four to six months. Mm-hmm. So to accumulate enough money, if you took that premium and set it aside, you know, if you took, let's say, that average premium of $2,000 a year um, and you put it in some good investments, over 20 years you've given out 40000 maybe it's grown to 80000 What's the cost of a nursing home 20 years from now? It'll probably be well in excess of that $80,000. Mm-hmm. In some places already. In my experience, there's a lot of people say they're going to put that money aside, but they don't, in fact, end up doing it. So you're comparing certainty against <laughs> something that would have been nice to have done, but a lot of people don't, in fact, end up doing. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a nice thought on saying, well, I really don't want to pay the premiums. I don't want to risk that much money. They're using that as an excuse to say, I'm just going to go take my chances and hope that I never need it. <laughs> and then when they do, they're sorry, yes. They are, and we get those calls, too. When I had a call a few weeks ago from a lady who uh, said she and her husband, um, you know, talked about long-term care insurance several years ago, and they finally decided, nah, too expensive, we don't need it, we'll never need it. And she called me, and she had just put her husband into a nursing home. And uh, she was in tears, I was in tears, and uh, she says, I don't know what I'm going to do. Very tough. No, she couldn't really afford it now, or she was going to have to spend whatever assets they had. Absolutely. For the nursing home. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, we're going to come up to a break pretty soon. Tell the audience uh, a little bit about your company and how they can contact you if they want to find out more about long-term care. Yes. Uh, long-term care quote, we've been uh, doing business for over 10 years. We're in Gilbert, Arizona, in the Phoenix metro area. 
you can visit our website at www.searchltc.com or you can call us uh, directly at 1-800-587-3279. And what kind of service do you actually provide when you call people? Do, are they obligated to buy a program of some kind? Absolutely not. We, we represent about 12 of the leading companies offering long-term care insurance in the industry. Uh, our goal has always been to uh, educate the buyer first. They need to know what it is they're getting into, what, you know, all the ins and outs of the policies. Education is foremost. Then we help them with quotes looking at the different companies. Basics of all policies being identical, but every company has a little niche to the product, which is why they say one company is better than another or whatever. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get into this more after the break, Bob. Okay. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. I'm speaking to Bob Burke of Long-Term Care Quote, and we'll be back after this. Keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business, this is Voice America Business. You hear business show after business show all geared towards improving a company's bottom line. But what about your bottom line? How come no one ever talks about that? Finally, a show dedicated to the worker. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, the work wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, the Crow Show is aimed specifically at the worker and their environment. From work skills and technology to dealing with bosses and coworkers, the Crow Show will give you insight on how to survive and prosper in today's workplace. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, the work wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Why is Pepsi cooler than Coke? Why are iPods so popular? In 2005, how can you launch a successful brand? Want to know? Learn about the fascinating and intriguing world of graphic design and branding on Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time, Debbie Millman will provide you with a provocative look into the stimulating world of design as it intersects with contemporary culture. Hear what the experts have to say about creating, maintaining, and launching the brand in today's challenging marketplace. Join us every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellent both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business, this is Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back. This is Jordan Goodman on The Money Answer Show. And my guest this hour is Bob Burke, uh, who is a professional at the Long-Term Care Insurance Company of Long-Term Care Quote in uh, Gilbert, Arizona. Welcome back to the show, Bob. Thank you. Uh, let's talk about the uh, the, the, the six uh, daily activities, uh, one at a time, that 
do qualify you uh, for getting long-term care benefits. So let's just take one at a time. All right. Uh, in order to qualify uh, for it, you must need what they call substantial assistance on two out of six activities of daily living. Now, the six include bathing, continence, dressing, eating, toileting, and transferring. First with bathing. Bathing basically says being able to wash oneself by a sponge, uh, either in the tub or a shower, and it includes being able to get in and out of the uh, shower without assistance from another person. If you need help doing that, then that would qualify as one of the six activities of daily living. Uh, continence, of course, is the uh, ability to be able to control one's uh, bowel or bladder, you know, and uh, if you're unable to control that, of course, that would be one of the uh, activities as well. Uh-huh. Dressing um, means being able to put on and, off, uh, put on and take off one's clothing um, and any necessary uh, braces, fasteners, harnesses, uh, you know, uh, things like that. Um, eating. Uh, has to do with being able to feed oneself. Including the preparation of the meals you made. That is correct. Uh, by feeding for, even if it's uh, through a tube or intravenous feeding. You know, if you're unable to do it on your own, then of course that would qualify as well. Um, toileting is being able to get oneself on and off the toilet, uh, including being able to do the sanitary things necessary uh, that comes along with that. Mm-hmm. And finally, transferring is being able to get from one place to another, being mobile, being able to go from a bed to a chair, get down the hallway, get to the kitchen, get to the bathroom, and so forth. It's a mobility thing. I think the best way to think of it is, you know, one day you're able to do all six activities of daily living, and you have a stroke, and you can't do any of them. But there are other conditions, other illnesses, um, that can bring on where you do need one or just two uh, that would qualify. Once you get to two, you would qualify uh, to have benefits paid out on these policies. And this has to be certified by a doctor. It's not just you say it. It's, what is the process of certification by a doctor? That is correct. Your doctors uh, are trained, know when you need assistance or if you're and you could uh, be in danger of yourself or people around you, uh, quite often in the dementia stages, but your doctor is the one that will certify that you do need outside assistance or help. And so that's some kind of a written form that they then... So to go, tell me, tell, take me through the process. The, the doctor agrees that you can't do two of these six. There's some kind of a form that he then submits to the long-term care insurance company, or how does it actually work? He would, he would have his report, and he would um, generally the family would uh, contact the insurance company, or the doctor may do it uh, on their behalf as well. And they get the report, and when the claims department of any insurance company looks at that report, they can request a uh, outside opinion, um, but very rarely I don't think it's needed. Uh, most of the people, when you need care, you need care, and it's uh, very rarely would would it be uh, not given. And um, once people agree they, have, they need care, do the payments typically start right away? No, this uh, one of the components to a long-term care policy is what's called an elimination period. Uh, it's kind of like a deductible, and what it does is says that you will cover the first X number of days, whatever you decide on your own, before the policy would start paying out benefits. 
The most common and most cost-effective right now is the 90-day elimination period. This says you will cover the first 90 days on your own uh, before the policy kicks in. And again, that may or may not coordinate with Medicare and Medicare supplement policies or your individual health insurance policies. <laughs> Other elimination periods are also available. Uh, you can go to 60 days or 30 days with most companies. And that does add some significant cost to the policy, but that is an option everybody would uh, have to choose. At the same time, companies, uh, some companies are offering a 180-day, even a 365-day elimination period. They says, I've got a lot of money. I can take care of that first year of 100000 $150,000 on my own, but they would want the policy in case of catastrophic, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> catastrophic uh, much longer time. Give me a, a rough idea of the difference in price between, say, a 90, 60, and a 30-day elimination period? Oh, um, let me guess. Just roughly. I would say, yeah, I'd add 10% to each one. If you go from 90 to 60, I would think about 10%, and if you went from 90 to 30, probably 20%. But at the same time, going to 180 day might only save like 6 or 7%. So, so that's why you recommend 90-day normally? Right. Right. So that's one of the, the factors in looking at a long-term care policy is, what the elimination period, how long it is between when you're officially uh, designated to get benefits and when the benefits actually start kicking in. Right. Once you're qualified to receive care, and then that's when the clock starts ticking. And different types, some have calendar day elimination periods, some have uh, uh, service days, service days meaning you have to receive 90 days of actual service to get through the elimination period. Some have calendar days, which means from on day one, when you receive every service on every single day, you would be through that elimination period on a 90-day uh, uh, calendar. Okay, and one of the other aspects of uh, long-term care policies is inflation adjustment. Is that right? Tell, tell us how that works and if you think that's a good idea. Uh, inflation is extremely important because um, what, what we know what the cost of care is today is going up. Uh, I haven't seen it go down yet. And we recommend normally a person under age 65, uh, we recommend compound inflation. Generally, from 65 to 75, we recommend simple inflation, and above age 75, normally we don't recommend any. Again, that becomes an individual choice. The cost of compound inflation is certainly more expensive uh, than simple inflation. Um, but we know that the cost of care, and it may, a lot, another part of that would have to do with the part of the country you live in, because we know in the Northeast, the cost of care has been going up a lot more uh, than maybe in the south, southwest, or even the northwest. So, so how much extra does it cost to get compound inflation versus simple versus no inflation, just roughly? Yeah, I, boy, I'm really guessing 15%. But you think it's worth it? Uh, absolutely. I, I unfortunately get a lot of calls from people that say, you know, I bought a policy 12 years ago when I was 70, uh, and I didn't take any inflation in my policy, and now I'm kicking myself. Because the policy we took out for $50 a day would have covered it all back then. And today it's just coming up way short. Mm -hmm. So typically the way these policies work is they are uh, doing it on a per day, a per day basis. That's the way most of them pay? Most of them pay uh, per day. Uh, so, uh, some have built-in monthly benefits. Uh, others uh, offer monthly benefits uh, as a uh, as a rider to a policy. So you can get your choice of daily or monthly. And what do you suggest in that area normally? Uh, I, I prefer daily, um, and I know a lot of people push monthly. But because if you're in a nursing home or an assisted living facility, 
it doesn't matter which one you have. It's still going to, because you're going to be there 30 days out of every 30-day uh, month. So it's going to pay out the same benefits, whether it was daily or monthly. The only place that monthly benefits would come into play might be for home health care. Uh, home health care saying that, let's say, you had, just for simple numbers, you have a $100 a day policy, and the home health agency pays $25 an hour. And one day that home health agency uh, comes out um, and they charge $25 an hour. Uh, first day they're there for two hours. Well, that's $50, not a problem. That's paid less than $100, they'll pay it. A uh, couple days later they come out and they're there for 10 hours, and the bill for that day is 250 Well, your daily benefits can only pay the 100 and you'll have to pay the other 150 out of pocket, whereas a monthly benefit will look at the bill for the entire month. Uh, that's where monthly benefit is a little bit more beneficial. The truth of the matter is, having gone through this with my dad, um, they don't usually come out two hours one day and ten hours another. Generally, when you set up a plan of care, um, is there five hours a day, six hours a day, eight hours a day, you know, five days a week, six days a week, or seven days a week? Well, I mean, in some cases, you're, if you're in a nursing home, you're going to be hooked up to various equipment. It's going to be there all the time, right? Absolutely. Same way that it says the living facility. You're going to be there 30 days out of every 30-day month. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that. So we first of all talked the elimination period. Then we talked about the inflation adjustment. Um, then there are different ways of getting paid daily, but there's indemnity versus uh, reimbursing of bills. Is that two different ways of approaching it? it, what, it what's is, the pros and cons of those? Yeah. Um, the reimbursement policy says it will pay up to whatever that daily or monthly benefit is you have chosen. If the bill happens to become less than uh, what that benefit was, it will extend the period on further. Uh, if you have a three-year benefit plan and the daily benefit or monthly benefit paid out 50%, the plan would actually last six years. Okay, On indemnity plans, uh, indemnity plans are very expensive, much more expensive than reimbursement plans. You can generally figure 50 to 60% higher premium. But what an indemnity plan will do is it will send you a check for whatever your daily or monthly benefit is, and you can go spend it on however you want and choose whoever you want to take care of you. So it is more flexible there. It is just considerably more expensive. So what do you normally recommend between reimbursement and indemnity plans? Um, most people uh, like the affordability more so of reimbursement. They're, they don't, you know, if they're not, uh, if their bill is less than whatever that uh, daily benefit is, they don't need that extra money. They still have their retirement income. So most people would rather keep their premiums down and go with the reimbursement uh, policy. Is there more of a paperwork headache? I mean, at that point, if you're actually collecting benefits, and, you know, you're not in wonderful shape here. You have to be keeping copies of bills and sending them in to get reimbursed. Is, is that somewhat of a paperwork headache for people? Uh, I don't think so. You know, once once it becomes, it's determined you're benefit eligible and the clock's ticking, an insurance company, whether it's a reimbursement or an indemnity policy, can from time to time come back and ask for, you know, see if you haven't recovered and no longer need this uh, uh, type of care. The vast majority of people receiving these benefits generally don't get better. Um, for instance, dementia, Alzheimer's is irreversible, at least today. And, um, you know, they may check back every six months, once a year, on either plan. Uh, in the same way, if, if you've had, uh, you know, stroke or other issues, some people do recover from the strokes. And they can go back and, uh, you know, they're able to start taking care of themselves again. And, of course, once that happens, the... Um, the premiums no longer waived and they would stop paying the premiums again. 
Yeah, but you're saying that during the time you collect benefits, you don't have to uh, pay premiums anymore. That is correct. Yeah. Very good. Okay, this is uh, Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show, and my guest this half this hour is Bob Burke of Long-Term Care uh, Insurance, and we're going to discuss this in more detail when we get back from this break. The Bottom Line in Business Talk. Voice America Business. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time for The Growth Strategist with Aldana Ambler. On the show, Aldana and some of today's top business professionals will discuss some of today's most pressing business issues that hold you, the business owner, back. Aldana will also give you 21 ways to grow with her list of growth strategies. Grow smart, grow profit, and grow your business with Aldana Ambler and The Growth Strategist every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on The Bottom Line in Business Talk, Voice America Business. It has been said that to live is to choose, but to choose well, you must know who you are and what you stand for, where you want to go, and why you want to get there. On Reap What You Sow with host, performance management specialist, and executive coach, Alana Daly, achievement and success through expanding yourself and your life is available at the click of a mouse. Reap through redefining your goals. Educate your mind, your body, your conscious, and unconscious. Apply what you learn and plan, and it shall be success over and over again, and wealth result when you reap regularly reap what you sow with alana daily broadcast each thursday at 11 a.m pacific 2 p.m eastern on the voice america business channel reap what you sow learn the rules of the game then play better than anyone else Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business, this is Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Bob Burke, uh, who's a long-term care insurance professional at Long-Term Care Quote of uh, Gilbert, Arizona, which is a specialist in uh, getting long-term care policies for you. We've talked already about uh, the various aspects of these policies. I want to get into that a little bit more. Uh, Bob, let's talk a little bit about some of the uh, riders, not the obscure ones, but the most common riders that people might be looking at uh, in taking a look at a long-term care insurance policy. Yeah, there's there's several riders that people can add, uh, and I tell people that if you uh, take every rider that companies offer, you could double your premium pretty quickly. Um, but more, some of the more common ones, the most common one for couples is what's called a shared care benefit rider. And what a shared care benefit rider does is it links two policies from two spouses together that in the event one of them were to exhaust the benefits in their policy, then they could tap into their spouse's policy. It also says that when the first person dies, 
however much money they had left in their policy would go to the other spouse. So, for instance, if two people had two three-year benefit policies worth $150,000 each, somebody died and never used it, basically the other person has a six-year benefit or $300,000. So that is probably, for married couples, the most common uh, rider taken. And, and roughly how much might that be to add to your regular policy? And generally around 10 to 12 percent. It's, it's the most cost-effective rider that I've been able to find. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, of the other riders, uh, there are survivorship riders that says if a policy's been enforced for 10 years or longer with no claims, then when one person goes on benefit and their premium is waived, they would also waive the spouse's policy. Also, it says after 10 years, if one person dies, the surviving spouse would get a paid-up policy. That generally adds around 10% of the cost as well. Mm -hmm. uh, the non-forfeiture rider is a rider required by every insurance agent with every company to be offered at the time of application. Uh, it Generally, it varies in price. I've seen it anywhere from 6% to 30% depending on the company. And it says that if the policies have been enforced for a minimum of three years. And if for any reason whatsoever after that time the person were to drop the policy, instead of it lapsing with no value, what the company would give you is a reduced paid-up policy where your maximum lifetime benefit is equal to the, all the premiums you had paid in up to that point. You'd still have your same daily benefit, your elimination period. But, for instance, if you had paid a premium of $2,000 a year for 15 years, you'd give the insurance company 30000 Instead of having a $150,000 lifetime benefit, you'd have a $30,000 lifetime benefit. Uh, another rider would, is restoration of benefits. Probably the least expensive rider of all of them in the market. In fact, a couple companies automatically include it in their policies. Uh, and generally, that only adds around 4 or 5% of the cost. And what restoration of benefits says, let's say you have not an unlimited benefit plan, but a limited benefit plan. And again, for simple numbers, let's say your lifetime maximum benefit is $300,000. And it says that if you qualify for benefits, make it through your elimination period, and that over, out over a period of time, the company were to pay out, let's say, $150,000, $200,000 in benefits. And let's say they paid out $200,000. You only have $100,000 left in your, in your policy. But then you become healthy again, uh, and you no longer need these policies to pay, and you start paying your premiums, and you were able to do so for 180 days or longer, then the company would restore that pool of money back to its original amount, back to the 300000 uh, Again, the least expensive rider. And the reason it's the least expensive rider is most people, once they start receiving benefits, do not recover. Yes. Otherwise, it would be a lot more expensive, trust me. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Now, another thing that people have to choose when getting a long-term care insurance policy is how long benefits are going to last. As I understand that you can do it for two years, three years, five years, and lifetime. Is that right, or are there some other possibilities? Yeah, it's two, three, four, five, six, eight, ten lifetime, depending on the companies. Uh, some, have, uh, some have a seven-year. Uh, so it, that's where it becomes an individual choice, uh, individual decision. Uh, and, of course, the longer you go, uh, the more expensive it is. But, um, you know, knowing that the average stay in a nursing home is just under three years, um, but they don't know have any statistics on how long people are receiving home care, home health care or staying in assisted living facilities, more and more people don't quite feel comfortable with three, so we see a lot more people looking at the four-, five-, six-year plans. Because, and, again, the unlimited plans have gotten so expensive that that's what they're settling on. Mm -hmm. 
So you think that's a good idea to go for five years or something like that? I like that, and all the uh, elder attorneys out there are talking to people into five-year plans instead of the old three-year ones because of back to the transfer of assets. Ah, right, right. So explain that again, how that would uh, coordinate with the, this is the Medicaid five-year spending down rules, right? That, that is right, yeah, and that's why we're seeing a lot more of the, uh, uh, hearing a lot more of the seminars being put on, talking to people about uh, buying five-year policies, where up until last a year ago, February, they were talking about three-year policies and then trying to add the assets to qualify for Medicaid. So let's say how that would work. Say you've got a five-year policy and your goal was to qualify for Medicaid. Mm-hmm. How would that work as far as you'd spend down some assets, but basically you'd be getting long-term care insurance, and then after the five years was up and you were still living, uh, you'd be able to qualify for Medicaid. Is that the idea? That's what the uh, elder care attorneys are telling us, yes. Again, I'm not an elder care attorney, and I want to make sure we understand that. <laughs> do, do you think that's a good strategy? Um, it's a strategy. Uh, is it good for everyone? I would doubt it. Um, and do most people want to do it, do that and qualify for Medicaid? I would think not, but it is a strategy. Uh-huh. I guess another big issue in uh, figuring out about when you should get a long-term care policy is insurability. And what are some of the uh, tests that these insurance companies look to see if they'll insure you or not when, when you do your application? Yeah, that's that's the major issue uh, in long-term care insurance. Uh, insurance companies tend to like us when we're healthy and just don't care so much for us when we're not. Um, all the policies, even group plans, are medically underwritten. Uh, even group plans may be uh, limited underwriting, but they're still underwritten. Um, and they do look at health histories, and there are you know, certain illnesses that would make a person automatically ineligible. Um, you know, for instance, if you've already been diagnosed with dementia, there's not a company that will offer policy because they have to start paying benefits immediately. But the key is to get it while you're healthy. Um, when health changes, it'll change whether you can get it. And, and I had a uh, talk with a gentleman about a year ago who called me. He'd been reading one of the financial magazines for many years that said, if you uh, buy a policy before you're 65, you're absolutely wasting your money. And he said, I was going to, he says, I do what that book says. And I was going to wait till I was 65. I just turned 63 a few months ago. But the reason I called is I was just diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. And I said, I'm sorry, I cannot write you. Uh-huh. The best advice doesn't always work for everybody. So what are some of the diseases that are automatically mean you will not be able to get policies? Well, again, if you've already been diagnosed with uh, dementia or Alzheimer's, uh, Alzheimer's, but most of the major ones, um, uh, cystic fibrosis, uh, Huntington's chorea, uh, uh, strokes are very hard to get uh, people insured with, um, any mental, mental retardation, multiple sclerosis, sclerodema, schizophrenia, Parkinson's, myasthenia gravis, um, and then what we're finding is combinations of illnesses. Uh, companies have gotten a lot tougher with pe- on people with diabetes. If it's diabetes well-controlled and that's the only issue, we can usually get them a policy. But if there's a secondary factor, if the word heart, stroke, cancer shows up anywhere, they won't get it. They have tighter height-weight guidelines. Um, and height-weight by itself is an underwriting issue. Um, and quite often, uh, a lot of people with the diabetes are overweight or do have other medical conditions, and uh, we're finding it harder and harder to get policies for them. So, so uh, underwriting conditions have tightened in recent years then, and what it used to be compared to now? Yeah, I mean, some have tightened and some have gotten uh, a lot easier. Many years ago, 
um, you know, company guidelines were too lenient. And this is where a lot of the companies got into financial problems as they accepted risks that they wouldn't accept today. And, of course, they are paying out some serious claims on those cases today. So uh, over the last 10 years, they've tightened up considerably. In the last two years, they've been adjusting a few areas where they're giving it, uh, getting a little bit better chance of getting some policies, but very few. So the bottom line on insurability is, uh, when is it ideal to be applying uh, for these uh, policies? I mean, what age is, is realistic? Well, we have found that the average age of people buying policies today is in their mid to late 50s. Uh, again, it's cheaper. Uh, again, most people in that age group uh, are healthier. Um, not everyone, but, um, you know, as you get into your 60s, the cost of this type of policies starts getting more and more expensive. And when you go to age 70, the premiums really take off considerably. And, and the older you are, the you know maybe there's less a chance that you will be insurable. So you, you, as with life insurance, you're locking in a premium rate at the age at which you get it. If they go up, it has to be the entire class that goes up. Is that right? That's correct. The premiums with all companies are designed to remain level throughout a person's lifetime. But one thing not a single company in the world will do is guarantee that they may not raise those rates in the future across the board. Uh, product line, state by state, with the approval of each uh, state insurance department, um, should they be uh, having to pay out more money in claims and then bringing in premiums? Have that, has that been happening? Have uh, some premiums of people with existing policies been going up? Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of good major companies have done that. Calpers out in California, state run uh, for them. Uh, they're in the process of taking their second one right now. Uh, they took one about five years ago of around 19%. Now they're taking about a 30% rate increase. Wow. <laughs> yeah, very heavy. Um, so does this mean a lot of people drop their policies when the uh, things go up that much? Well, the phone rings off the hook, and they're sure looking for cheaper policies. But what I have found, if you've had a policy for more than two years, because you're older, um, you know, and you bought it at a younger age, those rates were less back then, we find that it's still cheaper to keep the existing policy with a rate increase than to start a new policy. Wow. Yeah. So, so the message, folks, is to get this when you're younger, like mid to early 50s, if not even younger than that, and uh, lock in a premium and make sure you're able to get it because if you wait till later, you might not be able to get it at all if you have some kind of health condition and the price goes up every year uh, that goes by. Right. Um, let's talk a little bit about group plans. More places are offering long-term care through their employers and through associations. What are the advantages of getting a group plan? Um, I used to manage a group department uh, for one of the top uh, long-term care insurance companies out there. And um, there's no real advantages. Um, generally, group plans are underwritten a little bit stricter uh, than individual plans. Not a whole lot different. But generally on group plans, you're limited at your, of your choices. For instance, you may be offered daily benefits in 25 or $50 increments, 150 200 250 a day, whereas individual plans, they're generally done in $10 increments. Most group plans only give you two or three benefit periods, three years, five years, and maybe an unlimited, whereas individual plans go two, three, four, five. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show, and my guest this hour is Bob Burke of Long-Term Care Insurance. And we'll be back after this. The bottom line in business talk. Voice America Business. 
Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying, and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Achieve Total Wealth Management. Listen to Three Dimensional Wealth with Rory Diefendorf every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern, right here on Voice America Business. Three Dimensional Wealth is a show dedicated to teaching you a value-based approach to comprehensive wealth management through practical strategies and expert advice. Take your first step down the road to financial independence. Listen to Three Dimensional Wealth with Rory Diefendorf Mondays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern, here on the Bottom Line in Business Talk, Voice America Business. Have you ever had a bad day and wish someone could come along and change it at the flip of a switch? Do you dream of living the life of wealth, great relationships, and the perfect job, but don't know where to start? Then tune into The Winner's Attitude with corporate trainers, motivators, authors, and hosts, Jeff and Val G. No difficult strategies or complicated keys. Jeff and Val present a powerful and effective technology to switch your operating system to create the most amazing life. It has been said that winners have simply formed the habit of doing amazing things. Winners know how to activate that switch and so can you the winner's attitude with jeff and val g broadcast each friday at 8 a.m pacific 11 a.m eastern on the voice america business channel the winner's attitude switch me on the bottom line in business talk voice america business You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back. This is Jordan Goodman on The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Bob Burke, who is a professional at uh, Long-Term Care Quote, uh, which is a company based in Gilbert, Arizona. Um, Welcome back to the show, Bob. Thank you. Uh, Before we get back into it, just tell people again, uh, how they can contact you if they want to find out more about long-term care. Your both your website and your phone number. Yes, uh, the phone number is one eight hundred five eight seven three two seven nine, and the website is www.searchltc.com. And actually, what, what do they get on the website? What are some of the tools available there? Well, they put, uh, you put in the state that you reside in, and then you put in personal information, your name, address, date of birth, um, phone number, and it'll, based on your ages, whether you're single or married, it'll design a three, uh, a comparison of three of the leading companies that best suits your profile. It'll tell you who the companies are, how long they've been writing long-term care insurance, what their industry ratings are, which is probably the most important factor. And it'll give you a quote for some basic premiums, maybe $100, $150 a day. But also on that page, you can click a button and design your own policy. So you can put in whatever daily benefits or benefit periods you would like to see quotes on, which is really nice. And so why should people uh, call instead of doing it on the website? A lot of people can just figure it out on their own on the website? 
Well, uh, some can and some can't, uh, and every now and again we have glitches in the program, so it, they'll have to call. But also there are four states that are not allowed to view the information on a website. Uh, those states are uh, Florida, Texas, California, and Kansas. We have filed all the material we show in those states, but we're still waiting back from the insurance departments to allow us to sh show that information to the citizens of those states. I see. Okay. Um, so you were talking a little bit about the insurance companies. What is the difference between the different companies as far as their financial strength and the different policies they offer? Why would you pick one company over another, and how do you guide people in doing that? Well, and again, because what we've seen in the industry, where not only have companies raised premiums and gotten out of the business, uh, they'll still honor their policies, of course, but we think the financial strength of the company is the number one issue. Uh, we want to take a policy out with a company that will be around uh, honoring those contracts at the time you need it, which may not be 10, 20, 30, even 30 years down the road. So we think that is the most important issue uh, on how to choose a company. But having said that, there, I mean, there's a lot of fine companies out there, I mean, not quite as high rated. Um, and, you know, we, we look at the different companies. If it's a big difference in premium, we, we tell people they should consider that other company. Uh, if it's not a big difference, then I would go definitely with the stronger company. And what are some of the stronger companies you deal with all the time? Well, we got the big three in the industry, uh, the big three being John Hancock, MetLife, and Genworth. Uh, but we also have a lot of fine companies like Allianz, Mass Mutual, Mutual Omaha, Prudential, Uniprovident, companies like that. Mm-hmm. So there's a big difference in pricing between the big three and the other ones? Um, depending on case to case. We find that some companies uh, have better rates for single pup, uh, people um, and maybe different ones for married couples. We find some companies have better rates for younger people and others with uh, better rates for older people. No one company owns 100% of the market out there, and that's the thing, and that's why it takes a lot of comparing and depending on each person's circumstance uh, and maybe some, even some uh, current health issues that would help us guide them towards the best company. Now, you hear long-term care insurance being combined with various other insurance-related products like life insurance uh, and annuities. T tell us how that works and why that might make sense or, or might not make sense for different people. Yeah, there's uh, what they call annuity long-term care wraparounds and life insurance uh, long-term care wraparound policies. Um, we looked at that a few years ago, and we looked at especially a uh, life insurance long-term care. It's a universal life product. And we sat with the vice president of marketing with this very good company um, and looked at the product, and we made the decision not to offer it. Because in the fine print of the policy, it's basically said it would be possible for that policy to go bankrupt. And I would hate to sell a policy to someone 20 years down the line where the company writes them a letter and says, by the way, you exhausted the money in your universal policy. If you'd like to keep that coverage going, we would like to have another fifty or $100,000. I could not justify writing those. But policies, I understand, are they're evolving still, and um, there may be some more guarantees than the newer ones. I haven't seen any recently, though. So how would you combine an annuity with a long-term care insurance policy? Well, basically, they're, they're asking for a lump sum, um, you know, again, depending on person's age and stuff. You may want, you may want $50,000, $150,000, dollars up front. They'll pay an annuity, um, and that you could draw on the annuity, um, plus the uh, future investment results uh, to pay for your long-term care needs. Uh, the biggest reason 
those are being sold that agents are using is, well, look, if you die and you never used any benefits, at least we'll give you your money back. And, of course, long-term care policies, most companies now offer what's called a return to premium at death benefit rider uh, if they would like to purchase it as well. But in general, you're not recommending those combinations. Yes. Not yet. We've got some other people coming out to talk to us, so we will consider it and, and see how it looks. And then there are also policies that offer return of premium, uh, which is separate from what we just talked about, right? How, how does that work, and what are the pricing of those policies? Yeah. Um, generally, the return of premium at death on long-term care policies uh, adds 30 40% of the cost of the policy. It's expensive. Um, and with most of them, it says the policies must be enforced for 10 years or longer. One of the companies, it's immediate. Uh, there's been a little more expensive, but it says that if the policy is in force at the time of death, then the company will return all premiums paid minus any claims paid out. So if a person was concerned about buying a policy and paying, you know, giving an insurance company thirty, forty thousand dollars over a twenty, twenty-five year period, and died and never used it, that is an alternative that they can uh, add that rider to, and their premiums would be refunded. So you think that potentially could be a good idea? It is. I consider that a luxury item on the riders, um, and most of the uh, upper class that can afford those type of riders, they are taking it, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, we're about to come to the close here. Just kind of give us an overall view. A lot of people look at long-term care insurance and say, that would be nice, but I really can't afford it, so I'm going to take my risks. Uh, Give us kind of overview on how people should make the decision as to whether or not to go forward with a long-term care policy. It it is an individual situation, and I think a lot of it has to do with what their retirement income status is. Some people have great, some good, some fair, some lousy retirement incomes. First of all, if you're spending every last dollar you have and and you're taking food off the table, don't be buying a policy. Um, You know, the main purpose of buying long-term care insurance is to preserve assets to pass on to your children and grandchildren. But, you know, if a person simply, it would stress them out income-wise, then we would recommend they not buy a policy as well. But if, if they can afford the premiums, but they're making the decision, well, I could invest that money or I might not use it at all, I mean, what is the decision-making process there to, to go ahead with it as opposed to not going ahead with well, it? Well, and again, we say why, share the, why take on 100% of the risk yourself? Why don't you share it with the insurance company and maybe get a policy that covers half of it? That way you're only risking half instead of all of it. And we've been had a good reception from people on that that they say that makes a lot more sense. I would rather do it that way than take the whole risk on themselves. How would you say long-term care quote is different from other companies in the same field offering long-term care insurance policies? Well, again, we represent most of the leading companies in the industry. Um, to us, you know, we write these policies, and that's what pays the bills. But to, it doesn't matter which company you go with. We're here to help people understand the difference between all these companies' policies um, and help guide them to give them enough information so they can make an intelligent decision on their own. And that's where we help them you know, make that decision and go through with it. Very good. Okay, it's been fascinating, Bob. I really appreciate it. Uh, This, again, is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. I've been speaking to Bob Burke, uh, who's a specialist at Long-Term Care, uh, quote, in Gilbert, Arizona. Uh, If you didn't get it before, again, their phone number is 800-587-3279. Their website, searchltc.com. And if you've heard, you you really should take a look at these long-term care policies, because if you're not going to get it uh, when you can't, it's it's a really good idea to get into this thing. 
So thanks so much, and again, appreciate your being on the show, Bob. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week. Keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business. This